Hi everyone, it's Roger here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. It is episode number 232 and this week me and James are going to be talking about the big change that's been happening within Disney in terms of general entertainment. We're also going to be sharing our thoughts on the new um, series Flash Moon in Trouble which recently debuted here in the UK on Disney Plus plus also Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. But before we do any of that, quick bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you do hit that subscribe button here on YouTube or on the audio platforms. Go check us out over at whatsonatdisneyplus.com. Like, favorite, all the rest of it. Keep up with the latest news. Okay, so there's a quick few bits of news that's happened throughout the week. So we've had a number of new trailers released. We saw Prom Pract, which is going to be coming out at the end of March. It's going to be debuting on the Disney Channel the day before. So the new trailer... Um, I'm still not entirely sure it was a great idea to have it out on the same day as Doogie Kamaloa MD the second season, because I think having the same stars in a film and a series at the same time seems a little bit over the top. I'm going to be honest, trailer didn't do a lot for me, because again, it's about a prom, and you know, you get to a certain point in your life where you really don't care about teenagers' proms. <laughs> to be honest, I never knew, we didn't even do it when I was a kid, when I was at high school, so the idea of that doesn't really do much, and the whole thing of like going off to college and all the... It, it just feels so so stereotypical. It's not aimed at me. So I will watch it, but it, it's it's nothing I'm too excited about. A documentary I am looking forward to watching is Finding Michael. That one is going to be coming out on Friday the 3rd, so not too long to wait for that one. That is a documentary that sees Spencer heading off to um, Everest to kind of find out about his brother who died while climbing it um this one is a british documentary it finally was confirmed for a u.s release um it was we've known about this uh this one for a while but we weren't sure of the u.s release until literally yesterday so at least now we do know so that's always good to think but that's one i'm actually look, really looking forward to we also got a new trailer for the um uh, u2 special bono and uh was it bono and also um uh, Edge meet John, uh, David Letterman. I'm getting all my names wrong. So, yes, yeah, so you had Bono and Edge meeting uh, uh, Letterman um, in Dublin, all coming out on St. Patrick's Day. Um, I'm a YouTube fan. I'm looking forward to watching it. I've been listening to the, ever since they announced this one, I've been listening to the Greatest Hits albums, and there's going to be a new Greatest Hits album coming out on the same day. So, that's kind of why they're doing it. Again, a little bit more for older viewers <laughs> like myself and stuff. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that one. So, those were the three major new trailers that we got this week. Um, also, um, a little bit of an issue for uh, the Marvel Rising, uh, the Voices documentary, which is going to have three episodes. It was supposed to come out this past week. They've pushed it back to next week now. Um, so, and they're going to be releasing it over three weeks. So, and it's also going to be on a Tuesday, which I think is a good thing. I think that's definitely um, the right thing for them to do uh, by spreading out the releases is good. I'm not sure about what the, I it's kind of weird with the documentaries. I do think that releasing documentary series weekly probably would be better than doing this whole binge format spread them out a little bit more i think we're going to see a lot more of this one but yes i think that one's going to be um interesting how all of this comes together and we've also seen that the press tour continuing for the mandalorian because that's only coming up in um a few days time on the first of march i'm really looking forward to that one there Right, so before I bring James in and we um, talk about general entertainment, just a quick um, thank you to our patrons and our YouTube channel members. So a big thank you to Babak. We've also got Paul, Daniel, Aero, Caleb, Red Mars Man, Cody, Jacob. We've also got Darren, Lauren, Sarah, the, uh, the Juice, and Andrew. And also on YouTube, big thank you and hello to Dana, uh, Jonathan, DJ Frost, Top, Ben, Tim, Chuck, David, Mamoud. We've also got Raphael, Adam, Ricky, my VCS still works, Bina. Joshua and Martin. So a big thank you to all of you guys. 
Okay, so let's bring James in now, and now let's talk about our major topic of the week. Um, and that is going to be um, a big shift in Disney with general entertainment, a big shift in trying to make more money, and just generally what that's going to mean. I think for like Disney Plus and Hulu going forward, um, very kind of like Bob Iger was very much um, doing this latest quarterly results. He was talking about um, general entertainment is, I can't even think of the word. It was like, um, it's not unique. It's it's de-inferential de or something like that. It's, um, if you have, yeah, yeah. If you take like an FX show, let's say, let's say um, Welcome to Chippendales or Flushman in Trouble, something like that, right? Is that on Netflix? Is that on Paramount Plus? Is that on Amazon? Could be anywhere, couldn't it? There's not really, it's not a Disney show. You know, you know it's not Disney. And so I think he's, I think there's a general thing of, he spent a lot of money on 20th Century Studios. And now we're like four years in, and maybe it hasn't come the way he thought. Or maybe more importantly, he's looking at the budgets of how these series have done and going, we've got all this stuff but it's really not pulling in what we want it to. Um, so I think we'll look at like movies and we'll look at TV and TV. So we'll sp split them up. But I think there's going to be a, I think a real shift in Disney with general entertainment. He says they aren't getting out of it. They aren't stopping it. So it says that was, but they're going to curate it more. They're going to be more selective. They're going to be a little bit more picky. Um, I think it does feel like in the last three years since they brought it, they have been making so, and we've talked about it a lot here on the podcast, especially with the international Disney Plus releases, so much stuff, haven't they? There's been a lot. It's definitely been um, a huge increase from when Disney Plus first launched, and uh, not counting that first week when you know the, yeah. the initial content drop, and that first year where we're like, all right, uh, what came out this week? Random quiz show, and 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 that was it. That that was the show of the week whereas now especially as you said with the uk and european releases you, there's just a flood of content coming in constantly things to talk about yeah and i think there is that thing of i think they are spending they're probably spending too much making too much i think the problem is primarily is especially in the u.s they are they're making content for fx channel for abc channel for freeform they've been making stuff for hulu and making stuff for National Geographic and ABC. And, you know, they make, they each, each division's making its own little thing. Of course, it all adds up. But when it all ends up on one end, or, you know, for us here in Disney Plus internationally, it all ends up on one plate. Um, it's like, would you like looking at it? It's like, I think like this week here in the UK, new episode of uh, 911, a new episode of Alaska Daily, um, internationally as well, we've been getting like Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, you know, we're getting all of that. We're also getting, um, coming up, we've got like Grey's Anatomy, Station 19. We've just finished off The Resident. We've just finished off The Walking Dead. Um, we've got like Flashman in Trouble just came out this past week. We've um, got a couple of shows coming up, like Unprisoned, and um, there's another couple of shows dropping. It's like, and some of these are weekly. The weekly, you can go on to Disney Plus and there will be 10 to 12 general entertainment shows. That would be classes that, you know, you throw in there some National Geographic documentaries, some ABC News documentaries as well, because that all kind of slides into that, that bucket. That's a lot of stuff, you know, and it's like, yeah, they can, they don't need to be made. If this is all under one, if they only had Disney Plus in the US and they weren't trying to feed Hulu still, they wouldn't have so much. If they... I think they should get rid. I think I wouldn't be at all surprised if they get rid of freeform. 
um you know that would be something that might be um needed i think they are going to have to do something because and other networks are doing the same you know and we're really seeing that shift and we've been seeing it already with like um, a small light which is going to be coming to disney plus and national geographic we're seeing it with some of the other national geographic shows where things are being shared there's a real shift of just going look we can't keep making this amount of stuff and yeah, it just costs it, too much. It costs too much. It it does help a lot of it. It was originally designed for like television or things like that. And it, it's really becoming secondary content or secondary releases. Sorry. Uh, so it already had a home. Like you can go on to ABC, uh, the channel and watch Grey's Anatomy or something like that. And it'll pop up there. And okay. Yeah. It's a bonus. We get to throw it on Hulu or Disney plus as well. Uh, and so on. But yeah, th there is a lot of content that they could probably trim back, which, on the other hand, I'm kind of on, like, no, it's good having this content because, well, I may not be interested in Grey's Anatomy. Lots and lots of other people are, and it gives them something to watch. And there might be people who are like, I'm not really into Grey's Anatomy, but uh, Fleischman is in trouble is is my that, – that mm -hmm. that is what I like to watch. And, and so on. And having options is never a bad thing. But of course, it costs money and it has to support itself and so on. Yeah, I, th I think the trouble is, it's like anything. Isn't it? if, if they are putting out, say they're putting out 10 to 15 shows a week, and I think they're probably actually more than that, you've got to look at it and go, could they put out eight and be, could they have a bigger budget? Could they cut back a little bit? Um, do they need all those different choices? Um, I'm surprised some things like Grey's Anatomy and stuff still go because the cost of it, you know, they, they, they cost more as they cost to make. Um, you know, some of the animation shows. Do we need Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, Great North? You know, do we need four or five shows dropping a week? A lot of them are still linked to old linear networks, so they have to kind of keep making them. Um, and a normal, so I think this is where we are seeing the shift come in as well of linear and streaming. The, the idea of like a Hulu original, I think we are going to see a lot less of them. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Hulu goes down to one a month or two a month, I think we're going to see a big drop-off in the same way that they're doing with Marvel and Star Wars, where they're going to drop some more off um, as a way of cutting back. And I wouldn't be at all surprised as well if 20th Television and ABC merge. Yeah, uh, although we're talking about probably longer-term mm. things here. These are not things that would happen within the next couple of months. They, they kind of trickle it down. Although they might also just do the, you know, rip off the Band-Aid approach and the whole bunch of stuff is gone. Um, and I do want to be clear, we're not really advocating for that. I, as I said, I, I don't want them to be calling, even if it's something I don't want to watch, as long as there are people who are enjoying it, you know, let, let them have, everyone likes different things. So, uh, just because I don't like a particular show doesn't mean that show should cease to exist. Uh, but it, <laughs> well, I could think of a couple. Of I, we, we watched an episode of back in the groove last night, which was, um, on Hulu, a dating show. Um, where like 40 year old women and they've been in a pool with like 25 to 30, like 20 plus year olds. It was dire. <laughs> and we like dating shows, you know, we like married at first sight and, um, like first dates and uh, things like that. We, but this this was just like, yeah, we can't watch anymore. Right. So yeah, again, reality and like unscripted stuff does have a place. We do watch some of it. I mean, my wife loves Love Island, but it it you know, and then we need that choice. And I and I think like ABC News Studios putting out documentaries about you know murders and all kinds of weird stuff that they're doing. That is a, a it's a lot cheaper, but it's like why you know we need choice and we need that choice. 
But as Iger said, do we need all of the difference? I think it's I think it's more the scripted drama is where they're going to be really cutting back because that's where it costs. And I think they are looking at it going, look, we are. Why are we putting out? You know, if you know ABC and FX could basically fuel. Um, enough general entertainment that they don't need to be making original shows for Hulu slash Star. Right. And we'll have to wait and see how it evolves. But it, when we're talking about this, it's like, okay, we've got Grey's Anatomy. That's the medical drama. Do we need these other medical dramas? Because that's one of the most popular genres on television yeah. outside of like cop dramas and, and so on. Um, we're, we've got The Simpsons and we've got Bob the Bur Bob's Burgers. They basically cover the same space yes there's nuanced differences but they functionally are covering the same area do you need both of them obviously a lot of people are going to push back and go yes the simpsons has this type of comedy bob's burger has this type of comedy they're they're not the same but we're not talking about from a consumer perspective we're talking about from the ceo perspective or the the board perspective yeah i mean it's got, i'll be honest i i've been really enjoying the shows that they've been putting out over the last two years since the expansion of star two years ago on disney plus it went from the show we checked out on a wednesday or a friday when star wars or marvel came out to every night we are checking out to see what the you know to watch you know big sky alaska daily those are the shows where me and my wife you know we can watch them together and it's great having that in Grey's anatomy and station you know that's four shows that we're watching on disney plus that are general entertainment and they're high quality shows. I get, but it's that thing, isn't it, of like long term. It does feel a little bit like some of the things like Bob was saying was a bit like we spent a lot of money to buy this general entertainment, all these general entertainment franchises. And we're now going to strip it down to bare basics because it's like they've maybe seen the figures. Maybe they, and also that whole thing, and they're no longer pushing for subscribers because when they brought it, I think some of it was to make sure they have enough content for it to keep feeding feeding the system. And now we're looking at it going, well, we can cut back. I mean, like I said, they're not looking at completely getting rid of it because, I mean, there's been some words like, oh, they're going to go go back to bed. Like, I don't think they can do. I mean, we're seeing with Disney Plus in the US, they are putting more general entertainment things on there. It's still very messy with the whole Hulu situation. But I do wonder if we're going to see less. Maybe not now, but they might do the thing that they've done with marvel and star wars where if they've got 10 shows in the can they might spread them out a bit more than they did before i i actually kind of hope they do in that regard don't cut back on the number of shows just kind of spread it out a bit more um it's also worth remembering that when the fox deal was going through this was all uh before covid and covid really changed the landscape on how streaming was going on uh because a lot of people got stuck at home and all of a sudden having streaming uh content became uh, very, very, very important and accelerated the growth of many different companies, uh, mm. different streaming platforms, Disney Plus, of course, getting a massive boost for uh, during that time. But when they were buying Fox, we didn't know that was coming down the line and they were expect they were looking at that content drought for the first year and bolster it up with with some uh, some of this Fox content that's uh, that has a built-in audience base. Yeah, and also we it's, it's kind of, I don't think a lot of people sometimes realize how much content like 20th television and ABC have been making for Disney Plus that are under, you know, like um, National Treasure, I think was um, an ABC show. Um, I think Turner and Hooch was 20th television. You know, there's all these different shows are being made by them. And maybe as Disney Plus is starting to pull back, on making those originals it's like we just don't need to be making as many of these and i don't know you could look at it and go 
like from Disney's point of view, going, wouldn't it not make more sense to use like something like Abbott Elementary or the Connors or something like that um, as your family shows rather than expensive, like maybe you know, things like National Treasure or Willow because it's just a cheaper to make. It, it's a very interesting to see how all this is kind of coming together. It's, it, 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 I think we've all been, you know, this last two, three, I mean, even under JPEG, it was still feeling like, storming ahead we just need content we just need content we just need content but it does feel like i has gone whoa everybody let's just stop spending a minute let's skip and see how much we're making here and i think one of the other things which was mentioned by Iger is that uh it's important for each of the studios to have an identifiable identity so you look at some of the ones that we were talking about before and it's like gray's anatomy is an abc show but is there something about it that is distinctly ABC or would it be the exact same show on Fox or on Freeform or something like that? And the answer to the question is no, but it's only in subtle ways. And and keeping these different studios running gives them that option. So you can go, this is very distinctly a Disney show. It's a Star Wars, it's Marvel, it's Mickey Mouse. You know, this is Disney. And that's very important to Disney that the brand is associated with things, but they want to put out other shows like Fleischman is Trouble or Welcome to Chippendales and stuff. And having the FX brand that they can throw those under, which are very adult. And you can go, this is an FX show because it's adult. Yeah. It deals with adult topics. Yeah. I was going to say, actually, like if you look at that from a point of view of the FX shows, what they tend to do with a lot of those shows is you look at the logo of the show. Whenever they put out an image, they will put the name of the show on and the FX logo. And instantly that FX logo dif differentiates it. It makes it look like, oh, okay, that's for adults. That's not a that's not a for kids. You know, it they you know, FX does not make kids content. It makes high quality content for adults. And you know, Bob Iger even mentioned FX by name. I don't think FX is going anywhere. That is like the they know that they're on to that is a premium high quality network to make um stuff. The problem is like the 20th television and the ABC shows. There is no distinction. I could pull out 15 shows now that have been made by either of them and just do a quiz. And we'd probably fail because there's, there's no indistinguishable stuff between the two of them. Um, I think the same thing maybe goes like with Freeform. I think some of the stuff they've been putting out, I don't think that's going to last much longer. Um, but I feel like we might see, I don't know. It's like, do they have to do that same thing with 20th television? or ABC, I, again, I think they could merge at some point, where you have How I Met Your Father, but there's a little logo just, just ahead of it, just to kind of start distinguishing, like they do with the, like they've been doing with the movies a little bit more. And that's what we talk about when we mean, or that's what we mean when we say branding. You know, the, you, you look at the FX logo, you know you what the brand is, you know what it is you're looking at. And, and as you said, Fox, ABC, NBC, CBS, all the TNT, that it doesn't matter that you're functionally getting the same programming just with a different studio behind it. But there's nothing that really says this is a Fox show. This is an ABC yeah. show. If you picked Grey's Anatomy up and you put it onto CBS, nothing changes. No, no absolutely nothing changes. So I think we are going to just see a drastic slowdown. I think I'm quite happy with curated. I think that might be, I think we might see, I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see more of this like limited series situation rather than long running shows. I think we're going to see a lot of this stuff um, being released on ABC and FX. 
Also, he mentioned about um, general entertainment um, with the international originals. I think we're going to see a, a big drop off in the amount of originals being created internationally, which is a shame. I'll be, I, it feels like we've not really fully got up to it. There is a kind of an issue in some of the countries where they do need to be creating content because of like legal reasons. So they're still going to have to make some. But I mean, you look at the amount of shows coming out of Korea. Maybe they feel like they've reached um, like Korea's not growing any more than it was, and you know, because there seems to be like multiple shows coming out of there um, almost weekly. Um, maybe they're going to look at doing that. Maybe as well in India, they might start cut, cutting back and stuff on them. Um, but yeah, what do you think about all the like the original stuff from internationally? I'm disappointed that they're cutting back because this has actually been one of the things that I continue to look forward to are seeing the international releases. They don't always click with us. The the you know, I'm thinking of like um Snowdrop or, or things like yeah. that, which came out of Korea, which just didn't click. But it's it's great seeing that different perspective, great seeing content that you, you wouldn't normally see. It comes from a very different background of uh creative uh energy and things like that. Uh so I'm disappointed, but I also kind of understand where he's coming from. I have to expect that a lot of these international shows are not performing as well as domestic shows because people just aren't willing to take a risk. And it um, pointing out something for you specifically, there's a lot of people who don't like reading subtitles and they don't have the energy or the money to, to dub everything that comes across. And no. you load up a show and it's in French and there's subtitles and you, there's no option for English. A lot of people are just going to turn it off. I I had an email this morning from a viewer and like saying you know like it was basically on the lines of it, this new show is in Spanish. There was subtitles. I, I, why why are we getting it? It's like well, it's, it's a global release. It's just but it's like that idea of the fact that this it's like well they were expecting it and it's that kind of weird thing of I um, we see it a lot. I would imagine we might see them. You know they might get buried quicker off the front mm -hmm. pages and stuff. Um, you would think from the algorithm point of view where it would maybe point out the fact of yeah you've not watched any shows from korea so we're going to stop recommending you the trouble is the disney plus app doesn't have an algorithm there isn't there isn't though the algorithm is just is there isn't like anything like netflix's system oh well netflix's algorithm is a is smoke and mirrors anyway yeah uh th this is true of all the platforms honestly they give you the illusion that your viewing habits and and such play into the algorithm and it might like a very very little bit but honestly the the algorithm is really just this is a show we spent a lot of money on and we want people to watch it so we think that you might enjoy it because we spent a lot of money on it. Please watch the show. Make yeah. our investment worthwhile. This, well, it's, yeah. That, but that, there's an element of them needing to curate, you know, to put out that list when you log on to Disney Plus that here are some things that we would like you to watch that we've, you know, yeah, we spent a lot of money on. But these, and it makes sense to use the hero banner and to use like a, a recommended banner and stuff. And, you know, it makes sense to do that. But also, it makes sense sometimes for some of this stuff just to disappear. I mean, on Disney Plus here in the UK, you click on the originals. There's, and I think in the US, there's now like an international tab of just full of... And it makes sense to separate them out a little bit, because if you're not interested in them, then, you know, they are separated. I, I think we're going to see more of this. We are still going to see them. But I feel like we might not see as many. And I wouldn't be too surprised if they... Do like what they're going to be doing maybe with Australia and in the UK and Canada. So they'll just make more shows for everybody in these countries to get around the laws. You know, they've got a big studio in Sydney. They've got a big studio place here in London, um, England. They're making shows and stuff here. 
and they can kind of use that and kind of go, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, that 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 whole series is made here in the UK or made in Australia, and maybe just pay. I think it also seems to be going the other way of it's cheaper just for them just to pay the government a big chunk of money than actually have the costs of making all this content. I mean, that there is that too, where keep in mind that a fine to a company like this is just a business expense. So yeah. if they look at it and go, well, England is going to fine us if we don't make enough shows in, in England, but it's going to cost us more to make the shows than the fine would cost us. We'll just pay the fine. I also think what seems to be a lot of them seem to be doing is some, some countries, it's, it's more like, so of all the money that, say like all the subscriber numbers from Australia, let's say like, you know, say there's a million of them. I don't know. I'm just pulling a number out of my butt. Um, so there we got that on there. So, and then they go, right, you have to give us 10% of that towards local content. Okay. So here's, you know, $100,000. It's cheaper than making a show. And that's right. And that's the way of keeping the entertainment stuff going. Um, so I think we're going to see, we are going to see less. Some of this stuff is probably going to take a while to kick in. I think we're still going to see Korean shows, but we maybe won't be seeing as many of them as frequently as possible because they are going to be cutting back um, for sure. I think that's just, just it. Well, and specifically for Korean shows, I think they saw that the success that Netflix was having with shows like Kingdom and Squid Games and, and so on. And they were just like, well, let's, get Korean shows without actually vetting uh, these are are like the really good Korean shows or maybe Netflix had already snatched snatched them up but so by the time you know they get to the Korean shows they're they're pulling ones that aren't necessarily going to have the same commercial value as like Squid Games did yeah I think it's like to me I look at it like with um, like with Japan it's like the, the anime stuff has probably got a much broader scope and um, to be able to be animation is much easier for them to dub and do um, subtitles for than a, a live action show. So there's 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 benefits and stuff for and, all of this. And also, you know, when you're talking about an audience that that wants to watch these shows, uh, especially anime in particular, there's already an expectation of subtitles or or something like that. In fact, I believe anime fans will get into very heated arguments about dubs versus subs and and so on. Yeah. So. If you're bringing anime over, you can just kind of, yeah, it's subtitled because the audience already expects that. Um, and given the amount of it that's coming out of Japan, they also can be a little bit more selective in what they pick. Because I know, like, yeah. Bleach was a very popular one, uh, a, a franchise going back to when I was younger. Uh, Spy Family, of course, is a, a very popular one and so on. So they, they can actually pick up those ones that anime fans really, really, really want to grab as yeah. opposed to the perhaps the Korean ones where they're just kind of grabbing whatever's available. Yeah. Sorry, There's my a cat lot of... really wants the camera. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, my, my little dog's doing the same thing. He's like, I want to be on camera mm -hmm. too. Um, but also with films, um, we're going to see more of a push now to theatrical films, um, theatrical releases. I think we're going to be seeing a lot less straight to streaming films and to make more money. Um, general entertainment, again, falls under the 20th century. I think we might see less. I don't know if we'll see as much from Searchlight. Um, Searchlight is probably the easy one because it's a bit cheaper. Um, but 20th century, I mean, they've had an amazing hit with Avatar, but they've really not been able to utilize. It feels that like kind of weird thing, like 20th century. It didn't really feel like it even got going properly till like like November last year, you know, because right. we were just having the leftovers scraps that were left over from the year before, and like you know, we had like the menu, and then we had like Avatar, and it's like like just finally got some decent stuff for that. 
And there are other franchises that we really haven't seen. We got Prey, which is from the Predator franchise, and that was really, really good and it generated a lot of buzz. But there's nothing really imminently coming from that franchise. We've got an alien show in the works. I don't remember when that's supposed to be. Oh, film. They just wrapped the new Planet of the Apes film last right. week. And so, and those are both special effects heavy shows slash movies. So we're not going to see them for a while. Uh, but when we do, those are ones where you can go, this is a Fox property. This is, they, they got it from the acquisition. Uh, and, and this is them starting to bring in those franchises that, that are what they really wanted out of this. And I also, yeah, I also think now like the HBO deal with the U S means they're more free to a bit more selective with what they do with films. I think going forward, we are going to see just more theatrical, um, maybe have less 20th. I don't know if we'll have as many as we, the trouble is they did seem to be just churning out like some of the cheap franchise stuff for Disney plus and, and not necessarily Hulu, but some of the things like, I think cheaper by the dozen was one of theirs, um, but they kind of like it was like there's a few films that they released and you're going, dear, dear, this is just like not really at the, that top peak level. It was just right, but quick turnaround. But again, these were ones that they needed uh, during the content drought. These were ones that they were originally going to be much bigger deals, but COVID kind of got in the way of things and they got repurposed for these other things. And who knows how things would have been if. Uh, if theaters hadn't been shut down for two years and and so on, but yeah, they, they were, and so things yeah. got changed. And a lot of these movies, of course, keep in mind, you know, cheaper by the dozen or or whatever, could have been significantly better movies, but uh, shooting schedules were screwed yeah. up. They couldn't do reshoots. They couldn't do rewrites. The special effects were affected because. Uh, the tools that you have at the office versus the tools you have at home aren't the same, and they might have been a little hampered by that and so on. So what we got and what they wanted to make were were probably very, very different things. I think we're going to see probably 20th century become a little bit more um, selective in what they're doing. Maybe bigger titles, but less of them. And I feel like the television might kind of slide in it. So there's a lot of different things there to kind of um, take away. But I think in a whole, it almost feels like Bob Iger is, I wouldn't say he's walking back from buying 20th Century Studios, but it feels a bit like I brought this stuff, but it, they never really were able to use it. They, I mean, National Geographic got quickly whipped over to Disney Plus, and that seems to have that fitted in like a nice bit of jigsaw puzzle, didn't it? It just fitted straight in. Um, and I, but again, it's just, I think it's the Hulu situation. I think that's just this general problem of they've not been able to utilize. The movies they've not been able to utilize their shows because of all the problems in the u.s with existing rights that and going back to identity when you're yeah. when you're talking about fox you want to purchase fox properties you want these things that the fox has but there's nothing that's particularly identifiably fox about them they, they have the aliens franchise they have the predator franchise planet of the apes and uh, plenty of other ones that you'd recognize but you don't necessarily go Oh, if I want to watch Predator, I better watch Fox. That's not how it works. You know, most people don't even know what companies are making most films. How many times have you seen the question, why isn't Batman in the Avengers? It's like, well, that's a completely different company. He's owned yeah. by DC, which is Warner Brothers. And and people are like, okay, that, sure, that doesn't make any sense to me. Or 
uh, as we see frequently, Pixar and Disney animation just being merged into one giant thing. Yeah. Man, that Pixar movie, Strange Worlds, didn't do very well. It's like, that's that's not Pixar. That's Disney. Yeah. You know, and yeah. most people don't differentiate. They don't have to. I'm not saying they should. It's useless information for most people. The point being is that there are nuance when you're talking about these things. And sometimes it matters and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in the next couple of months and stuff. With I feel like almost like I guess like he's he's basically just having to come back and he's like he's having to clear up from af after the, um, the the pandemic and buying Fox. You know, it, it, it's such a, a a messy way of doing it. Right, so that is um, that's that's, that's it on there. So we've got a couple of quick things I want to um, quick talk about. This past week, um, Flushman and Trouble came out here in the UK. FX show. Came out um, in the US um, back in November. It was also on Disney Plus in Canada and Australia at the same time. But Disney Plus here in the UK decided that, no, no, we're going to hold on to it for Europe. We're going to wait for two months. And they released it. They released all episodes at once rather than doing weekly. Um, I managed two episodes. And it's just, just like, oh. I'm, the first episode my wife dropped out because she's like, oh, this is rubbish. Um, second episode, I thought I'll give it another episode, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, this is like just two episodes of him just running around trying to find his wife." And I was like, "I really don't care if she's dead in the ditch." <laughs> it just didn't really. It just like I just don't care. I just didn't like. I didn't really like the characters. I didn't like the friends. I just didn't like any of them. Yeah, you I, you, you made it longer than I did. <laughs> I made it maybe not even halfway through the first episode. I got to the part where um, he's talking to his um, understudies at the. Yeah at the hospital and they're explaining tinder to him because you know he just yeah. divorced and and she's the, the 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 woman's going like oh this in the picture indicates that she's interested in these kind of things like you know uh, yeah you know adult things that she's interested in and just like i absolutely don't even remotely care about this i don't like you as a character talking about um yeah. fleischman himself or jesse eisenberg and i was like i i'm done i, yeah. I can't even this when they're all talking and stuff, it just doesn't, it feels, it just didn't feel like real people talking. It was just like mm -hmm. monologues. Um, I don't know. It just, it just, they really just did not click. Um, so I, I dropped that after the second episode. I was like, I'm not, I, I won't be. I didn't like the narrator. Uh, honestly, yeah. I think that was the major thing for me. It's like, I don't have an issue one way or another with a, a narrator in movies or shows. I think it can work in certain situations, but the tone that they used with this narrator just, yeah, it but felt also yeah. awkward and out of place. But all, well, she's like the friend that comes in later on. But it was also the, like, in some way, it was so like vulgar to the point. It was like, why, why are you including it? You're including mm -hmm. it because you can, rather than because it need. I don't know. It was just well, a little bit like it just. Some of it was just like we just didn't need that bit or that scene. It was just unnecessary. Well, the one that got to me is he's making breakfast for his kids, and the girl is yeah. not happy with anything. You know, she, her, her parents are getting through a divorce. It's very traumatic. And so she's acting out. And so she's being very passive aggressive in her responses. And then the show is adding in the narrator going, yeah. oh, well, what she really means is you effing idiot and, yeah. and adding it to the end of every sentence. Like, you don't need that. The passive aggressiveness is coming through just yeah. fine. I understand that she's upset. You don't need 
to throw that in. It's like you said, they're just doing it because they can. It just, it just it got to the point of like going, this is just like you know, this constant like there was sex and it's like, did we need? Does it does it help the show? No, it just it just yeah, you know, it's just because you can do it. It's like it would it did lost its meaning because it was happening. It was just yeah, it just wasn't wasn't a show for me. And I like this. Most of the FX shows recently I've been enjoying, but that one just just missed the mark. Um, shifting gears completely, we also had Devil, uh, we had Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Um, so this one's coming out in the UK on the 1st of March. Um, came out back in the US about two well, last week, I think it was. Um, what did you think of this show? I actually, exactly. this, I actually enjoyed this much more than I was expecting, uh, probably because they're not little interludes with someone going, You effing idiot, in the background. Um, <laughs> Having said that, you know, it, it's not going to be for everyone and it's definitely skewing towards a younger audience. Um, so not a must go and see, but it is enjoyable. And I think it will find an audience uh, for people who... I think I think the, I think this is a great show for younger Marvel fans. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, it wasn't for me. I didn't like it. Um, it was too young. It, it kind of felt like somewhere just after like Marvel Squad built. I just like... Was, uh, was it, uh, yeah, it... it it's I didn't like the that, time. But, yeah, because yeah. it's like the Saturday morning shows, you know, like the like you know, like the like the Spider Man's. It's still got that kind of core Saturday morning cartoon feel. Of okay, they got a story. It's a bit simple and all the rest of it, but it was watchable. This was like oh no, this this feels like a slightly just north of J Disney Junior and just it's very. But I, the trouble is there is a key point of this is a great show for that audience that's maybe not quite ready for the mcu um and this will bring them in it's a it's definitely it's bright it's colorful it's very unique it's yeah i can see it's got a place but it just wasn't for me yeah the, i i'd agree i probably won't finish out the series but i did like it i would recommend it to anyone with younger children who aren't ready for you know x-men 97 or or things like that um the second episode did bother me a little bit, though. I know you, I don't think you watched that I, one, but I, I, I did the one and was like, "Yeah, no, so that's me tapping out." <laughs> the, the second one is a bullying episode where uh, she is getting bullied by this online troll. Yeah, and they they're bringing out the usual line of, "Well, if you don't, if you just ignore the troll, if you don't, if you don't give the bully ammunition, they'll just fade away and get you know sucked into themselves because." Bullies can't work if you don't react to them. It's like, that's not even remotely true. And that's terrible advice because you, because internet trolls, bullies, whatever, they don't care. They just want to make you feel bad. Yeah. And, and it, there is nothing about that. So I, I'm not it's a fan kind of, that. of it's, it sounds a bit like one of those things of like, yeah, that idea of what you're saying worked 20 years ago. Doesn't it work, might. I, I don't think it, it didn't work twenty years ago, to be honest. No. Well, but, my uh, my dad was always along the lines of just punched a kid and beat him up, and that was. Well, and, and, <laughs> and that's why we had to get pulled in and go. You beat him up. Well, yeah, well, it was a bully. Yeah, well, like kind of. Well, it didn't. It, it didn't help with me being twice their size and a big fan of pro wrestling. It didn't. Really... <laughs> but it, especially in America, where we have um, the. I don't remember the exact term for it, but where both sides will get punished if anything yeah. happens at all. So. If you're going to get bullied and you're going to get punished for it or you're going to retaliate and get punished for it, you might as well just retaliate even if you lose yeah. the fight. Um, and so this is not specific to this show. I think, it, you know, this is a common refrain in kids shows about bullying is, you know, don't give the bully uh, your attention and they'll just go away. 
we need to drop that narrative or entirely. It it's it doesn't work. Uh, so that's again, that's not a problem with this I, specific show. Yeah. It's it's a common. I thing, think I think again, like I think there's a difference between a bully at school that you have to see day in and day out, and then an online troll which you're never going to hear from or see from. You block them, and that, you know most of the time that can sort. But if you've got to go to school with them the next day, it doesn't. That system doesn't work. So right. it's a very very tricky, but. It's good that they are tackling those kind of issues because that's what, you know, it's where kids pick up stuff. That's what they do. All right. Yeah. So ultimately, it'll be a good show for kids. Um, yeah. And it's well produced. There's good acting, good voice work. It, it's a well put together show, um, but it's not going to be for adult audiences. That's it. If you have a younger kid and you want to watch shows with your kid, it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, you're good. not you're not going to be entirely just like my brain is slowly melting out of my ears as this drivel is on screen. It, it's not high quality like Bluey or something like that, but you'll yeah. you'll be fine watching this with your kid. That's cool. Next week we'll be talking about the first episode of the second season or the third season of The Mandalorian and of the bits and pieces of news. But on that note, guys, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Later. Thank you very much for watching this video. Make sure you go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. Like, follow, and subscribe. Also, a huge thank you to all of our supporters over on Patreon and also on our YouTube channel memberships. And I'll just see you guys in another video. Laters.